Welcome to Creative Natural Living by Thea Stone. Hello, and uh, in this episode, I'm going to be doing a natural podcast at last. Um, I've been meaning to do this for a while, but there's been other things that have been on my mind. But uh, something sort of happened in the last couple of weeks, which has really brought this one to the fore. When I was thinking of originally doing this as a separate blog, I started on a uh, a post that had a number of just like an oversight of the things that I had been changing in my life to make it more natural and to avoid as much of the everyday toxins as there are in the world. And it's really brought home to me just the onslaught that we are up against and that we don't necessarily even know it half the time. Um, so I thought by going through all the different things that I've done to get myself more healthy and living more naturally, it might just highlight that a bit. And then I'll go into what's happened the last couple of weeks um, in contrast to that. Uh, so we can uh, see what happens when you don't follow those things. So... When I, I left my ex, I decided that I, I wanted to get healthy and do some things that I'd been putting off doing. I, I figured that since I was starting my life again, it was a good time to, you know, reevaluate everything. And the very first thing that I went to was going back to vegetarianism. Um, yeah, I remember the first time that I went to a store after I'd left and just having no clue what to buy. I was so used to buying for him and for the things that we ate together that I was suddenly paralyzed by all the options. And quickly I decided that I wanted to go back to being vegetarian. I'd been vegetarian for 18 years and strict vegetarian and no fish as well. And that was one of the things that got broken down in the, in the relationship that he, you know, he wanted me to eat meat and eventually that became so, you know. Um, it took a while, but it got there. So I, I wanted to go back to be a vegetarian and seeing how that felt in my body. And I definitely felt a difference in terms of my digestion. Um, like I didn't feel as bound up by it. Then shortly after that, I decided I wanted to go organic. You know, I, I, I knew somewhat about the, the dangers of pesticides and I, I know more about it now, but um, I, I figured if I'm going to eat healthy, I might as well eat clean as well. So I started investing the extra money that it inevitably takes, well, it quite often takes, depending on your food source, to uh, go organic. And it did show me that, you know, there are some certain foods that it's hard to find organic food replacements for. Um, and sometimes, you know, you end up getting less for your money and, and things like that. So it, it really highlighted that... Um, that it's not always an easy process going organic, but it's it's worth it for 
avoiding all the glyphosates and and god knows what else there's so many chemicals that end up on your food it's ridiculous you know i i watched them an episode of the high wire not so long ago where they were talking to the woman i think her name was jillian who had written a book called the Monsanto files which is a fictional book about what really happened you know they fictionalized you know uh, a court case and you know things that had happened but they were talking about the fact that for example with wheat that um glyphosates and and, and other pesticides are put on like the roundup the Monsanto, you know kind of uh, pesticides are put on to the crop right at the very end to speed up the drying process and as a result it, it doesn't have time to clear and it's it's all over your crop and it, it made me wonder if the inflammatory impact that we see with people who have gluten allergies and all that are actually reactions to the pesticides as much as they are to the actual substance itself um and also they talked about the fact that you know when potatoes that are going through these you know roundup monsanto and 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 the others um you know are, are harvested that there's so many chemicals on them they have to be stored in a barn so that the chemicals have time to like air off the potatoes so that they can actually be sold to us um and although i didn't know this at the time i'm very glad i made this choice because um there's so many chemicals and side effects to them that are either not widely known or hidden from us and again when profit big profit big agra and so on you know stand to make money they're, they're going to do everything they can to spend where they need to to you know protect their assets not our health so even though I was aware of like you know GMO issues for for decades and stuff like that because I used to live in an area where there was a lot of GMO experimentation going on and I was always worried about you know what if they they escape the polytunnels and they get into the wild and well I'm sure we're way beyond that now but so I, I knew that the source of our food and how we treat it and grow it is so important to the nutrition that we have. And that's not even getting into the, the soil quality and, and the fact that a lot of our minerals are being leached from the soil, you know, and therefore we're having to supplement because we're not getting them from the soil anymore. But that's another another issue. Um then, you know, um, the next one I have was actually salt baths. Um, if you use sea salt when you have a, a bath, it's incredibly grounding. And it helps with, it's in the same way that when you put your feet on the bare earth, it helps with the iron charges uh, in your body. Uh, so does salt baths as well. Um you know, we are electrical beings and to not be grounded, like just like an electrical appliance that isn't grounded, there's an issue, you could have buildup, you could have that, you know, charge going out somewhere you don't want it to go. Um, yeah, we also need to ground. It's really important in an electrical sense for us to do this. 
Um, and so I started getting into salt baths. I even thought about, you know, making my own bath salts and things like that. And this kind of got me started seeding the idea of getting into herbal remedies and all of that, which came later. The next thing I, I looked at, uh, when I left, a friend of mine had been, had made the comment that she had switched to using um, John Masters, which is an organic um, sort of essential oil, herbal uh, shampoo and conditioner. And she said, it's expensive, but boy, was it worth the money. And I've always had issues with dandruffs, you know, stuff building up in my scalp. And my hair was sort of like a bit dry and it was constantly falling out. I mean, a lot of it was probably stress. And I wondered, you know, is it hormonal? You know, I'm sort of in midlife now. Maybe you have to think about these things. And I swapped to it. And I think within about four or six weeks, I started to notice a significant reduction in the amount of hair I was losing. It didn't completely go away, but it was it was a significant reduction. Um, and also I felt the, the quality of my hair and, and how that lasted over the week was, was different as well. And uh, after quite a while, I also had like a, a, a breakthrough with sort of my dandruff. It's like it suddenly got to the point where I could get through it and it started to really sort of like that layer to start to come off, you know. And so uh, this was another huge thing. Because, you know, our, our, our cosmetics, our, our toiletries and stuff like that are full of craps. They're full of alcohols. They're full of, uh, you know, artificial uh, ingredients. They're full of metals. You know, some have got metals in them. You know, they're, they're, and if you, if, you, if you look at a lot of uh, everyday, even like moisturizers, you know, and things like that, you're going to see a whole list of ingredients. And, and one of the rule of thumbs that uh, I started to develop at this point was the longer the list of the ingredients, um, especially if they're things that, you know, sound like artificial names, then likely you're going to come across something that's not good for you. So, um, but it's very hard to find things that are completely you know, 100% natural, 100% free of these things. But uh, that's when I started to, to sort of become aware that, you know, maybe not everything we put on our body is so good, you know. So then I started looking into my food a little bit more. And I, um, I came across an article that said, um, and maybe I'll see if I can dig it out, but I, I'm not sure. It was a while ago, so I'm not sure if I saved it. But it was talking about if you're going to change three things about your diet, the three things you should change are the oils you're cooking with, sugar, and wheat. Now, the cooking oil was really interesting for me, and I started looking into that to begin with. And what I found out was that when you go through the process of extracting oils, like say from rape seeds or sunflower seeds or whatever, usually there is a heating process and this process sort of changes the chemical composition and causes it to actually be, have a very low resistance so that when it is heated when we cook, 
it becomes toxic like that. It also becomes toxic the longer it's sitting in your cupboard as well. And the idea that this is clogging up our lymph nodes and our and our bodies in 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 really unhealthy ways was something completely new to me. I didn't I understood about wheat, I understood about sugar to a good extent, but but oil was 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 new to me. And I'd always sort of followed the hype that, oh well, you know, sunflower oil must be good because sunflowers are good, right? Uh no. Um Really, what it comes down to is the only safe oil to cook with is coconut oil. You can use the best of the other oils is olive oil, but it's it's not that much better. Um, it's good for if you're, you know, putting it on salads or using it in a cold way, but it, it won't stay in the pan, you know, it won't be heated for long before it has the same issue. So this meant that, you know, if I'm, I'm using any other oil than, than coconut oil, it has to be cold-pressed and I can't heat it. So, you know, things like rapeseed oil and sunflower oil will use heating in the process, so it's not cold-pressed and therefore has to be avoided at all costs. And um, unfortunately, it's cheap, it's, you know, um, and, you know, even for some people, getting splurging on extra virgin olive oil is difficult. But I would say now that um, you can get a big jar of coconut oil for about the same price as a, you know, a decent sized jar of olive oil. So it's keep it on your counter in the same way, you know, just put a tablespoon of it in rather than drizzling it in into your pan. Um, otherwise, you know, it's not much different and it will be a huge benefit to your body because it is we have oil in so much and if you want to see how prevalent rapeseed oil is which is the worst by the way um just start looking at the ingredients of anything that is pre-prepared you're going to find it everywhere even things like bread you know so it is so hard you know all the salad dressings all anything it's going to be there and if it's not rapeseed oil it's sunflower oil so this is something huge that you could do that if you want to just do one thing out of this list, I would recommend doing this. So the next thing I sort of got into was um, looking at reducing my medication. I had I'd been on um, pain relief medication and also... Um, uh, the pill and that was actually initiated because I was having so much pain and I'd been on originally tramadol for seven years and I'd been on it for two years before I'd realized it was an opioid you know my doctor didn't tell me he didn't tell me about any of these things I was just in so much pain and agony it was affecting what I was doing in my everyday that I was willing to try it and it did help otherwise I wouldn't have stayed on it but then uh, eventually, um, a couple of years ago, the government decided, well, we don't actually like Tramadol anymore. So we're putting it on this list, you know, around the time of the opioid crisis, a lot of countries started finding that, you know, they're told to, you know, crack down on it, even with people with really bad pain and stuff. And suddenly it's, you know, we're not making this available generally to people. So around that time that happened to me and... 
uh, I got put on something called gabapentin and um, uh, venlafaxine, which helps to boost the effect of it. It's a very low dose of an antidepressant. Um, and gabapentin is actually uh, used for epilepsy um, in high doses, I believe. But um, compared to the very limited side effects I had with tramadol, gabapentin really like, it was like a diuretic. I mean, it, it made me pee like a, a racehorse at night and I couldn't even take the dose they gave me because I wouldn't get any sleep otherwise. And so I ended up taking like a third of the dose off. But once I got to, um, you know, reevaluate my life, I had, a, I had a few times where I'd been forgetting to take one of my doses and it made me think well you know I, I forgot to take these and I didn't notice it too badly maybe it's time I started to consider coming off and so over the course of I think about six or seven months six months yeah um I started to withdraw one pill at a time you know I'd take one pill and wait about four weeks and then before I consider taking the other pill, sometimes it'll be a bit longer depending on how things are going and what I've got on. But I don't think I would have been able to do this or even start the process if I hadn't done two things. One of them was starting to deal with my trauma. So I wasn't storing all this pain in my body. And two, because I'm not um, putting my body under such load because of the toxins that I'm ingesting or put it smearing on my body. So I think those two things in combination brought me to a point where I could slowly get myself off the meds. And I'm, I'm happy to say I'm about seven weeks off all my meds now. So, but in this process, I started to look at alternatives. And this is when the, herb, the herbal remedies really started to come in. I looked into tinctures as well. Um, the severe pain I would get during my uh, menstrual cycle um, which we found out a few years ago was actually due to the fact that I have a pinched nerve at the bottom of my spine and when I came on the inflammation would then just press on the nerve and cause agony right and I had always had this god-awful pain so when I came off uh, the pill the first month, it was right back to what I remembered, you know, can't do anything for the, for the first day, possibly the second day, and just feel really just rough for a week, you know. Before the next time, I looked in, I got myself a Herbie book, and I looked into, you know, okay, what are, what are some of the things that would be, that could support me, right? And I wasn't expecting a miracle, but I just thought if it could take the edge off, that would be good. And I looked into stagnation, blood stagnation, which seemed to fit because the first couple of days I would have a lot of old blood and then it would get going and that's when the pain would reduce. So I thought, okay, I'm going to look into that. And one of the suggestions was ginger. And where I was, there was a, a there happened to be a, a pot of ginger tea that I had access to and I thought well you know I'm on why not try it and boy did it make a difference not only did it reduce 
my uh, pain. But immediately the clots went away and everything and my blood started flowing and I only needed to take one or two cups and it was, it was, it was fine. I then sourced my own and found an organic, uh, I think it's called yogi tea. Um, it's called women's tea and it's basically ginger, chamomile and orange peel. And that stuff is incredible. And yeah, and, and this actually ties into the next thing I want to talk about because uh, the next thing is EMF protection. So I started looking into EMF. And one of the things I learned as I did this was the fact that when you're exposed to, you know, strong EMF signals from your computers, your devices, from your wireless router and so on, one of the things that happens that is demonstrated has been caught on video um, is that the blood stagnates. It slows down, it clumps, it's not as vital and active. And, you know, not so long ago, I thought, well, maybe I need to consider having my women's tea a bit more regularly, particularly on days where I am around the computer a lot, because that might help with the stagnation, you know, like an EMF protection thing as well. Um, so that's just something that came to mind. But one of the things that I was really looking at at the time was um, I've got like a an EMF harmonized bracelet. I, I did get a Q-Link, which I, I've heard other people really who have actually tested it say that it really enhances the heart torus that we have um, and harmonizes that as well. And unfortunately, when I was out walking, I had it in my pocket and I lost it somehow. I was really gutted. But not so long afterwards, I, I got my EMF um, harmonized bracelet, which um, it doesn't block EMF, but what it does is it harmonizes the frequency so it's actually okay for the body. Um, and I have actually, when I first put it on, I went into a detox, you know, I started, yeah, getting the signs, you know, peeing more, um, feeling a bit worn out like you would after a massage because your body's clearing and so on. Um, and actually the other day I had, I had hurt my, my, my lower back a bit and it was pulling in my stomach and it was really quite sharp and, and painful. And I just took the the EMF bracelet off and I just placed the, the bottom of it where the, the where it connects to your skin onto the area of my, my belly and it very quickly the pain the pain started to dissipate. I've also got their pain relief patches but um I've only used them a couple of times but they, they just seem to make a difference. But I've got the the like stickers that they have. I've got that on my laptop on my router and um on my mobile phones so and i also got um i happened to see something with sasha stone and he recommended the 5g bioshield and i managed to get one of them before they like, like crazily sold out um and that has made a huge difference and i will tell you this story okay when i got this i was living you know in a shared house and all of that and along the outside of the house where, you know, the side of my room is, there is this uh, big sh sort of vine, a load of vines that are up there. In the winter, of course, all the leaves are gone. It was just the, the branches and so forth. But my room was the first part of that, and it was on the first floor. So it wasn't like at the bottom where the roots are and you would expect it to start growing first. 
my room out of all the rooms there was the first one by several weeks for any growth to grow there. And at first I was like, you know, oh, they must know I've got green fingers because, you know, I've got herbs and stuff on the windowsill and all of that. And I just laughed it off. But then one day I just, it just, it just clicked for me. Oh, I've got the BioShield on. Maybe they're responding to that. And I have also heard some Ghana friends that, you know, my my veggies here that I'll get into a bit later uh, do seem to be responding well. Now, I'm lucky that I get good light and all of that as well. But, um, yeah, uh, and the good thing about the, the BioShield is if you've got it plugged in, it will protect you from 40 meters away. And if even if you've not, it's got an eight meter range. So uh, I'm quite impressed with that. Yeah, so, and it, yeah. So this site slide note, but um, one of the other things I started getting into was like water, looking into water. And the first step was I was, I was drinking a lot of spring water, but it was bubbly. And the reason why it was bubbly was because before I left, I'd been drinking soda and soda is just packed full of sugar, right? So it's, it's not the best for you. And I thought, well, to get myself off soda, what I'll do is I'll drink spring water, you know, um, bubbly spring water, because then I get the spring bubbly hit uh, that you get with the soda, but I don't have all the sugar in it. So that was a good first step. But at some point I started having, you know, headaches and, and stomach issues. And I got a number of people that will say, you know, you know, bubbly water can sometimes cause this issue. And so I, 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 I decided to swap to still. Now I was still, you know, using plastic bottled water, which is, you know, still not great because, you know, these things can be stored for a long time and the plastics can leach into the into the water and of course then you've got all the rubbish right even if they get recycled but there's still an energy loss involved so i i stopped the bubbles and noticed quite a significant effect and then once i got myself used to um to that i started getting into filtered water i had watched something by dr robert o young and I was hugely impressed and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the alkaline stuff later, but one of the things that he has on his site is a water filter uh, jug and there's other water systems as well. And so I ordered one of those and got myself completely off the bottled situation uh, entirely. And of course, this what this does is it takes all the crap out of the water, you know, the chlorine, the fluoride, and so on, um, and then it remineralizes it, and it makes it alkaline. And alkaline is much more easy to be absorbed by the body, um, and yeah. So that was a, a huge, a huge change um, for me both in terms of how my, my, my stomach was reacting to it, but also uh, I noticed that it was like I was starting to clear things out of my pores, like my body had had what it needed to start really start clearing things out of my system. 
Um, and so that was that was huge. Um, and one of the things uh, that came afterwards was because I'd been I'd been using uh, you know just everyday tap water to to wash my face. But in this location that I was in, I was noticing that I was getting a few pores that would just get like clogged up with this white thing. It almost looks like a spot, but it never breaks. And I was noticing this was happening when I was using the, the local water from the tap. And I was like, after like the third or fourth one of these, I was like, okay, I think there's something going on here. And so what I did is I swapped from using um, just normal tap water to using aloe vera juice. And after a while, one of the small ones that hadn't fully formed actually managed to clear out and disappear. I still have, I think, three of them or two or three of them, um, but they're much bigger and I think they might take longer to break down, but I haven't gotten any more. And the aloe vera juice is awesome. It just has, it's like a toner. I use it like a toner or a cleanser and it completely makes my skin soft and then receptive to well, I usually use aloe vera gel, but I also have uh, 100% uh, aloe vera oil, but the oil is a very slow absorbing oil. So you probably only want to do it once a week or if you're going sunbathing for a significant period of time, excellent for that. But yeah, so I started looking into how I look after my skin and just completely stepped away from all the moisturizers and everything else. And aloe vera is just like, it's what I use uh, in one form or another. Um, unfortunately, the aloe vera gel that I sourced through Amazon, unfortunately, um, it said that it was just aloe vera, but it turned out to have other stuff in. But it was really, it was really good and convinced me that aloe vera is the way to go. But once this is uh, done, then I'm going to try and find an aloe vera gel that's just aloe vera juice and... Um, like a thickener, like agaga or something like that, you know, um, those sort of alternatives to gelatin. I, I know I, I saw one of those, um, so I'm going to try that next. But aloe vera in general, if you can get 100% aloe vera oil, if you can get 100% um, pure aloe vera, aloe vera juice and a gel with, because you need something to thicken it with, you're not just going to get a pure aloe vera gel. But with as few ingredients and as natural ingredients as possible, that's all you need. Um, between the three of them, you're going to get everything your skin needs. Um, yeah. And so this also brought me into, you know, looking at other things such as metals in deodorant. Um, it hadn't occurred to me that my deodorant was working against me. Um, and then... I heard someone mention about the aluminium in them and then I had to had to look at my the one I was using and not only did it have aluminium in it, it had alcohols and other stuff and I was like PG oh, just no. So I I got rid of them and I have what I think is probably a halfway house, a compromise. It doesn't have aluminium in and it has witch hazel which is really good for anti-inflammatory and it has sea sea bright berries i think they're called which is really fresh and really good as a deodorant flavor but they're um or smell rather but there are other ingredients that 
I'm going to have to look into, but I, I would like to avoid, I think. So I may end up making my own deodorant at some point, but for now, at least these um, uh, have some of the worst ingredients out of it and has some ingredients that I know are good for you. So sometimes in these processes, you have to find something that's going to be a step in the right direction until you have time to research and find something better. Um, and that's that's it, you know, we're going against the tide of the majority of stuff out there is not good for you. You know, when I go to a shop, the number of times where I go look at the shelves and go, poison, 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 really poisonous, poison. Oh, I can eat that. Poison, poison. Kind of okay, might compromise with that poison yeah so it's 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 everywhere um so yeah and and in this process i also was looking into the aromatherapy as well you know which is why i i know it's possible to get those rollerball bottles and you can you can make up certain um uh ratios of of the essential oils and stuff like that so i know it should be possible to make my own deodorant i haven't got there yet but also i've been using the aromatherapy for things like migraines and um clearing the room uh belly tension and other such stuff and and so this started in a parallel to looking into some of the the sort of products that I use um, as well as you know getting off the meds you know whenever I sort of decide okay um, I want to see if there's a better alternative I start looking into the herbalism and the aromatherapy and seeing what things are good for the body and then how can I find something or make something that that would replace this product and this is going to be an ongoing process and probably something I will share and continue to share either here or in other platforms I'm on because it's it's not easy wading through all this information and sometimes just having it kind of like a signpost for you uh, can make a big difference but anyway getting on to the alkaline stuff so once I had been looking into the water thing uh, one of the other things that uh, Dr. Robert o. Young is, is really big into is the alkaline diet because so much of what we eat and consume and put on our bodies is acidic and when our bodies are too acidic they end up going through a, a build-up of, of, of all of this in the interstitium I believe it's called and this ends up putting us in the process where we're really not well the body's not well, it's out of balance. And so this is actually the basis of a lot of our illness. And so we, one of the, the, the ways to deal with this is to have an alkaline diet. Now, this isn't easy because you have to cut out so much. Um, and so I kind of compromised in between looking into the sort of fruits and vegetables and so on that I know happen to be alkaline or low acidic um, and favoring them and then combining that with many of the principles of going low carb um, 
I have had some times where I was probably eating uh, so little carbs, I was probably keto as well. But it became clear to me that um, I was getting inflammation in the bowel and also in my underarms and stuff like that. And I I learned about the, the low-carb principles and so I, I decided to go you know sort of extend my vegetarianism into low carb and it it takes some work um sometimes you have to do substitutes like for example uh, almond flour instead of normal white flour and and so on and also finding substitutes for for times when you want to snack and and so on um and it's it's a work in progress it is but I noticed a big difference within just a couple of weeks. You know, my my bowel just went right down, and I felt less bloated and and like tense and blocked there. And so I knew it was it was the right kind of move. Now, whether low carb naturally takes you away from food that's heavily poisoned and toxic, and that's what you're responding to, or whether it's a mixture of the two, I don't know. Um, I th- I have heard also that the wheat, for example, the 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 genetic strains are so different to what we used to have, um, you know, a few thousand years ago, and uh, which the body could tolerate much better. Um, so I think we've we've put ourselves in a situation where we we are we are engineering food that even without the chemicals isn't so good for us. So yeah. So this was this was this was a big one, and I I actually for a few weeks, really a few months sorry really stuck to it quite religiously, and I was really happy with the results. Um, this also brought me sort of full circle back to that article because it required me to reduce my sugar intake, um, and also my wheat intake. So I was able to really get that trifecta going. Uh, which I knew sort of in the back of my mind I wanted to do. And I had sort of like been eating pretty well, occasionally splurging on a bag of potato chips or some chocolate, but not that often. Um, And so this sort of like really helped seal the deal. And then I moved. And I was doing so much that I didn't have like the stockpile I needed to just be able to pull something out of the freezer and 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 just cook something quickly whilst I was unpacking and doing all the crazy things you have to do when you're moving. And so I actually slipped. And then also after that, I, I sort of slipped in three ways. I, I would order pizza because instant meal, right? Well, not instant, but, you know, you don't have to cook it. Um, occasionally eating potato chips and occasionally eating chocolate and once the sort of I reached a point where I was like okay I can't be working myself into this pace anymore I I need a break that kind of the the pizza kind of went away but the the chips and the chocolate would would still show up and it tended to hit me in times of stress um or when I was socializing and I haven't fully gotten myself back into the groove that I was in with my low-carb diet. Um, but it's getting there. 
And this is actually one of the things that I, I want to talk about a little bit later, about what's happened in the last week, but I'll, I'll save it for the end. But I can definitely see from both going from the, you know, snacky diet-ish, snacky diet-ish, to going low carb, seeing the benefit, and then flipping the other way. And seeing, oh wow, I was actually feeling quite better, but now I'm feeling crap because I've 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 diverted away for what is working for my body. And because you don't have your you know, you're not your body isn't spending so much time dealing with toxics when you're in a low carb situation. Um it just has more energy and it's clearer and it's and it's you know, it's not clogged up effectively. Um, you don't have all the, the effects of that. And so it has more energy to do other things, you know. So going back to the alkaline part, you know, one of the things that I became aware whilst looking into Dr. Robert O. Young's stuff was the fact that one of the reasons why we have acidic um, is actually alcohol. And he was no noticing that people who don't drink alcohol have a lot of alcohol in the interstitium and or the interstitial fluids. And he was wondering about this. And it turns out it was coming from all the skincare products and stuff that we put on our body. If anything ends in an OL, like ethanol, for example, it is most likely an alcohol. So you don't have to know what the ingredient is, but if it ends in O, it's an alcohol and you probably want to avoid it. Um, and that also started reinforcing, okay. And maybe one of these days, what I'm gonna do is really like do some deep dive research into the ingredients and some of the products I was using and make a list of things to avoid, things that you could live with and things that are okay because it's so hard remembering all these names because they're like made up same names, you know? And so it might be a resource I'd do at some point, but it's probably not gonna be, you know, immediately. But yeah, once, and this kind of takes us to the point where I've moved as well, because then I got, when I finally got my, my own place, I started growing my own food. Um, cucumbers, tomatoes, eggplants, uh, peppers, and then a whole bunch of herbs. And I also have a few strawberry plants that have um, and white currants in, in the garden that were he sort of here natively. Um, and I have a lemon tree as well that uh, eventually will give me some fruit. <laughs> but um, yeah. And just in the produce that I've been able to harvest so far, oh my God, there's such a thing as flavor. I think we've gotten so used to the flavorless hydroponically grown all year round in a greenhouse food, not to mention maybe the changes that might happen due to genetically modifying it, you know, and all of that. But the difference between a non-organic strawberry that you buy in the supermarket, that's just kind of a bit of water with a bit of flavor in, to an organically grown strawberry, packed full of flavor. 
I didn't realise how much I had forgotten the taste of a real strawberry. And I loved them growing up. Same's true of tomatoes. Oh my god. And even the cucumber has a has like something about the texture or that is different. And I will say that I do I do use um my filtered water on the herbs and as well as the sort of house plants. It's a bit much to do it on the bigger the bigger plants because it would just take me forever refilling and and all of that, but I do use it where I can. And I think that it, it does make a difference. Um, for the rest of it, um, have your water in the sun. If you can access the sun, it's going to structure it. And you could always put a little pinch of salt in as well. That will structure it. Yeah. So, yeah, huge difference. And just knowing that I have beautiful organic mushroom compost that it's growing out of knowing the soil that it's growing out of and it hasn't got crap in it knowing that I haven't put pesticides in it knowing everything I need to know about the source of food is such a relief because there's always the wonder with organic like is it really organic Somebody fudged something somewhere? Did someone miss something? Did something fly in from a neighbouring field when they sprayed? You know, yeah. It's like, you don't know, right? And there's always the possibility that, yeah, something comes in to my yard as well. But at least I have control over it. So, big difference. Then going back to the water, um, I, I recently brought um, from the same site. It's called PH Miracle, um, which is Robert, Dr. Robert Young's site. He has a filtered shower head there. Oh my God. Because we talk about filtering our drinking water. But we forget about the water we wash our hands with, we brush our teeth with, we shower with, we bathe in. The skin absorbs this stuff. And actually, you're probably going to get much more from it. And so I now have filtered bottled waters in my bathroom so that when I just want to do a quick wash or I want to brush my teeth, I can do it without using the tap water. But I got this filtered shower head Oh my God, it not only does it like reduce how much water you need to use because the water that's coming through is really pure, right? There is something about the quality of your skin. It feels so fresh and soft and it feels like it's just cleansed me and it has this vibrant glow to it. And also, it's really helped clear out almost all the remainder of my dandruff. It's just absolutely amazing. I, I, I wish I'd done this sooner. I really do. And now I just need something like that for the bath. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, my shower hose does not reach to the bath, but maybe I will look to, to getting one because, or find something that I can put on the tap of the bath because 
my god it is such a huge difference such a huge difference and also i think the the feel of my hair i think my hair gets less oily because of it as well so highly recommend that and yeah i think the last thing i'm going to end in is pine needle tea with all the stuff that's going on with you know concerns about are we picking up other people's spike proteins are we um do we need to detox you know there's certain people who have taken the vaccine who who regret it or only took the first one and want to get it out their system and one of the sort of natural remedies is pine needle tea i've been noticing that in general it helps to really detox my body so if I have it after I've, you know, splurged on something I've eaten, that it helps to get it out of my system quicker, but it's still, you know, it takes some time. But I've also noticed that it's definitely, in my case, helping to decalcify my pineal gland. I have been having such much more vivid dreams, remembering my dreams more, much more dream state activity. Um... I'm also finding that my uh, intuition and psychic ability has increased. And I think that this is an incredibly um, beneficial tea. And I just get, you know, some. I go to a local forest and I cut some pine needle branches and I just pull it off as I need it from the branch. I don't pull everything off um, because that keeps the le- the needles, you know, fresh longer to keep them on the branch and then just chop it up a bit before putting it into a tea bag um i i let it brew for about 15 minutes before i I drink it you can let it go longer if you want and i also put a little bit of elderberry flower because i've got some uh, a small elderberry bush in my garden so i dry some flowers and that's really good for the immune system and also lemon balm as well which is good for like um people who've got had fibromyalgia and any of these kind of uh, chronic conditions like that um so it's become my blend but it started just with pine needle tea and i usually find that i sleep better uh once i've had it i usually have it sort of somewhere between 10 and 11 at night and usually once i've had it i'm ready to go to bed i've been having sleep issues for since i left my husband, you know, so to be able to get deeper sleep um more rest is is a godsend um and then to to know that it's it's really detoxifying the body, but it's quite gentle um I usually do have to pee <laughs> if I haven't had it for a few days and then I have it again, usually I have a stronger effect, but yeah, that's definitely definitely doing a lot for the body um so now i want to go into the second stage and talk about what's been going on the last couple of weeks so i talked earlier about the fact that you know i've been sort of lapsing and you know eating you know things that don't come into alignment with the sort of low carb diet and all of that A couple of weeks ago, I was having a tough time. 
Um, it was when I had first started going on holiday and I was really facing myself because I didn't have any distractions. And I was dealing with this loss and this grief and all kinds of stuff coming up. And and one day I just like, I just completely caved to my cravings and desire to sort of eat my feelings. And I went to the shop and I bought some chocolate and I brought a couple of packs of, a couple of bags of crisps. And it was the crisps that I was really craving. And I ate both these bags of crisps within about a 48 hour period. After this happened, my my body just went into this huge uh, toxic state. I was having huge amounts of oil coming off my face, particularly my forehead. I had these red blotches on my forehead. My skin had been beautifully clear for a very long time because of the, the, the aloe vera regime that I was going through and eating healthy and good water and all of that. Suddenly it breaks out into this these spots and it's only just now. I mean, it's still a little oily and it's still a little blotchy, but it's only, it's only now that it's really starting to, to get out of my system. Um, I was noticing that I was swollen and tender in my lymph nodes, particularly under my arms. And this actually affects my sleep in terms of the way I, I, I lie on my sides. Um, right now I'm having, I've had some issues with my shoulder for the last sort of three or four months. And so lying on my right, on my left side rather, is, is not so good. So having the extra sort of uh, tenderness uh, was meant that, you know, there was only one side that I could sleep on that was comfortable-ish. Um, so yeah, I, I noticed that my, my thinking was not as clear, like I had brain fog. Um, one of the big ones is that I noticed that I was starting to get, I had this like pocket of phlegm at the back of my mouth that it was hard to clear, or if I cleared it, it would come back very quickly. And this hugely affected my ability to sing. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't, um, get the, not only could I not get the range, but I couldn't get like the, the, the vibration I wanted, the resonance I wanted, you know, I could hit the note, but it was like tinny almost, you know, and, and it was so disappointing because I was, I was, I had been finally building up my calluses and my strength in my vocal cords and I was liking the sound of where it was going and just overnight it's like my ability just went and I couldn't do as much as I I know I could play because I was constantly having to cough and clear my voice throughout each song it was devastating um and you know along with this I was noticing I was feeling that my nose was feeling stuffy and, and kind of dry in the same way that you know when you're getting a cold you know and I was also, I, I noticed, because I, I, I splurged a bit this week as well, that I went from one day where I was hitting an F note pretty well. You know, I've always struggled with bar chords, but I was doing pretty well uh, considering, you know, where I am in my practice. And then today I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was like, it was a real struggle to get my hand in the, in, into the position. And I realized, well, maybe it's inflammation because I've been putting these toxins into my body. It's reacting to it. And therefore, I'm not able to use my body in the way it usually would be able to do, be used. So the, the message I want to leave you with here today 
is after all that work that I've just described to you, and there's still plenty more to do because the toxins are everywhere, people. After all that work to really cleanse my body, to really get myself into a good and as pure state as I could, the food, the toxins, is what's making me sick. It's not a virus. It's the toxins. Now, I've heard recently that the real reason we get clusters of people who get sick at the same time is because our bodies are signaling that it's a good time to detox. And we detox and we feel stuffy and we have colds and our bodies excrete exosomes or whatever it is that signal to others that I am detoxing right now. And this can trigger others. And depending on what state your body's in, you may or may not go into that detoxification state. Now, if I could find the, the, the source of this, I will post it at some point. It has to do some digging. But this made so much sense to me. Because given what I've just gone through, why would I suddenly feel like I'm coming down to a cold when I just ate some crap? And then suddenly I'm better once I've cleared it. And then suddenly it comes back after I've eaten some... No. It is what we are ingesting. It is what we are breathing. It is what we are drinking. It is what we are smearing on our bodies. This is what makes us sick. And don't forget the EMF. So this is the point I want to leave you with. that we are going up against a tide of toxicity. And it, yes, takes effort. But you don't have to do it all at once. You could do it like me. Take one thing at a time. And I've still got plenty more to look at. But you say, you know what, today I'm going to tackle fi filtered water. Today I'm going to tackle cooking oils. Today I'm going to look up what's going to help me with my back or whatever it is. And if I have the ability to, to share what's worked for me, what I've researched, then I will do that. But ultimately, we all have to make the decision, is our health worth the time and the effort? Or are we going to sit on a couch with a bag of potato chips and wonder why we feel sick? A lot of these things are also addictive and patterns of behavior that we get into because we need some stress relief valve. So part of it is also learning to deal with our stress so that we don't reach out for the chocolate or whatever. And I'm still working on that, obviously. But we need to start thinking about what brings us into health or what doesn't differently. And this is something that you can actually get demonstrable proof on. You can change your diet. You can change your living circumstances. And then you can see what happens when you go to that party and you live out of alignment. You know, one of the things that I've, I've recently found out about is, you know, activated charcoal. You know, if you have a day out, you go have a pizza with a family or whatever, you can take that and it will help to really get that stuff out of your system. You don't have to then say, oh, I've, I've, I've failed and 
therefore I might as well just eat crap again. No, you can say, okay, you know, this was just a special occasion. I'm not going to completely deny myself social contact or whatever the, whatever it is. But it needs to be the exception by far. And whatever path gets you closer to that is where we ultimately need to, to go to. And only you can decide if you're ready to look at any of these things or not. But our bodies are up against an onslaught. And we can talk about why that may be, perhaps in another episode. But just the effect of taking a healthy route versus not, when you're constantly in the unhealthy route, it's very hard to see that what you're doing is actually making you feel like crap. But when you have been in the healthy route for a while, it's night and day. And you can go, my God, why did I do that to myself? You know, I have a song that's in me that I've written, I don't know, what, two months ago? And I can't record it because I've been going through this stress patterns. And before I've had a chance to clear the crap out of my system, I've had something that's triggered me again and I've lapsed. And I want to get that song recorded, but I don't want to do it until I've got this crap out of my throat and I can sing properly. So until I'm at a point where I can just say, you know what, I'd rather be able to sing. And that's enough. And I'm getting close. I'm getting really close. But we have to make these priorities. We have to say, you know what, I prefer feeling good, thanks. Most of the time. And then that way, when we have the odd time, our bodies aren't overloaded trying to process all these toxins and it can handle it. And we can give it a little extra help, of course. But yeah, this is this is where I wanted to start with the natural end of things. Um, this has obviously been a deep dive um, and I will probably tackle some of these things in more detail, sort of in discrete topics. But I wanted to start with this overview because obviously it's been on my mind how lapsing has affected me. And I wanted to talk about that, but it made sense to do that in context of how I had really improved my health and detoxified my body prior to that and to show the contrast. So I'm going to leave you here and thank you very much for for listening and uh, I'll catch you next time. Bye. If you like what you're hearing and want to support my work and unlock more content, you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash creative natural living.